Hi listeners, welcome back to The People Podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. Laura and I hope that today's story will give you the courage to say, because of you, I did not give up. We value the vulnerable truth of our friends and family and believe that their story has the power to give you a helping hand. I walked away from this conversation with my hope strengthened, and I believe that you will too. With great anticipation, it is my honor to invite you into today's conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the People Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Wooten. I am so excited for you to hear today's conversation as I sit down with my friend Jenny, who is running a nonprofit organization with her husband here in Birmingham, Alabama, called Grace Klein Community. They are using this nonprofit to reach people and meet their practical need and share the gospel with them. It has totally shifted my perspective, and I'm so excited for you to hear today's conversation. Hey, Jenny. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad we finally got to meet up and do this thing. So um, you want to tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Jenny Waltman, and I'm married to Jason Waltman. We have two children, Amelia Grace and Denver, and we've lived in Hoover for over 20 years, and we both graduated from Sanford University here in Birmingham. Nice, nice. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the reason for this conversation tonight? I want to hear all about your ministry and your platform. Um, Why don't you start out telling us a little bit about how you came to know the Lord? Okay. When I was five years old is when I accepted Christ as my Savior and Lord, and it's been a really amazing journey to be best friends with Jesus for so long. (laughs) I mean, I feel so close to Him, and it's been really special. I mean, I was just doing the math before we started this, and I've known the Lord for 38 years, so it's so amazing to think about. I remember um, just spending a lot of time journaling when I was growing up, and my... um, you know, parents were busy, and so yeah. I would go in my room and hang out with the Lord. And then when I went to college, I just really grew and understood more about the grace of God. And, yes. And that was really awesome to understand and and to really understand how everything connects. I don't know yeah. where I was yeah. growing up, but I didn't understand how all the subjects and everything connect together. Yes. To um, You're not alone, girl. I yes. think we're all there. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I was taught segmented or something. Yeah. I don't know what happened to me, but... Yeah, so it's been really amazing, and yeah. just to see how Jesus takes us on journeys that we would really never choose for yeah. ourselves, but how thankful that we are that we yes. obeyed and took the risk to follow Him. That's so good. Yeah. So you really don't know what it's like to live without the Lord, which I think is honestly incredible. Most people can't say that, and I think all, often how people walk through life without that relationship, you know, it's so... Um, foundational I mean it's everything and so I think that's incredible that you've walked with him for so long um tell me a little bit about how he has called you to trust him throughout that walk well I think you know with growing up with parents that had plenty and we were I was able to go to Sanford and they paid my way you know I didn't really understand the plight of poverty or the or the poor you know I just had what I needed really way more than I needed and um so I think I trusted God. I thought I did in mm-hmm. ways that I didn't really understand. Wow! Um, until I, till we had this journey um, with our 
or with our company because I just didn't, uh, I, I was so taught about the American dream. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't thinking I'm chasing it, I think yeah. I was just taught and I was naturally doing it yes. as our culture does. Yes. And so I think that was really amazing to be able to to really realize, wait, I have this plan A, B, and C for my mm-hmm. life, but am I really obeying God's plan? Yeah. I remember good. things like going into the Toys R Us, mm-hmm. you know, remember that old story, and, and Jason and I would just buy a bunch of toys when we were didn't have kids and give them to people for Christmas, but, mm-hmm. and we thought, oh, we're doing something, but right. we really, it was so, we weren't doing really anything yeah. except feeling good for ourselves. Yeah. Um, wow. We didn't understand um, what it really meant to fully surrender mm-hmm. to the Lord. And so whenever we stepped into that journey, I was really, I had a lot of anxiety. I was really scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew that God was faithful. I knew that I knew. I understood. I had studied the Bible my whole life. And yeah. I knew that Jesus was faithful. I knew he was with me. Mm-hmm. But it was just a whole different, like, depth of understanding of who he was. So talk about that for a minute, how God called you to ministry, I guess, um, and leading him to leading you to trust him on another level. What did that look like? How old were you guys or, you know, how many years ago has this been? And what did that really look like for y'all? Okay. So in 2006, Mm -hmm. um, my husband was partners with some other folks and Mm -hmm. it didn't go well. And Mm -hmm. so that partnership ended. And at that point, um, I felt the Lord leading me to start Grace Klein Construction. And I had to get my um, home builder's license. Mm -hmm. And I had a little little children my kids were two and four wow. months old yeah and so that was really scary and I remember calling the lady and they just happened to be offering the home builders class mm-hmm. that week wow and so I told her why well, don't I have books and mm-hmm. and have an issue because I nursed my kid and mm-hmm. this is kind of open but I, I couldn't That's pump good, you know yeah and, yeah and so I, but she was like oh we'll stop the class every four hours for you to nurse and I'm like are you kidding what and so <laughs> it was just amazing how God was moving for Grace Klein Construction to start and just really opening doors that Mm -hmm. no man could shut. Mm -hmm. Even um, the state of Alabama, you have to have a letter of good standing. And my letter was somehow lost to the home builders. And the lady from home builders called me and said, well, the meeting's already happening for them to vote in who's going to be, you know, accepted as a home builder. Because I had passed my test. I took it that week. And um, so I called the state and they resent that letter and she walked it in, interrupted the meeting for me to wow. receive my home builder's license. So that was just, you know, such favor from the Lord yes. and such confirmation that, okay, this is the way that we need to walk yes. and just to stay straight and don't wander to the left or right yes. and just, just journey with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But um, it was definitely crazy because we had felt that um, – we needed to pay double payments on our house to have mm-hmm. it paid off by the time we were 30. Mm-hmm. So every time when I would try to not do that, I would feel so convicted I'll have to tear the check up and then write yeah. the double payment. And because of that, um, we were able to have the money to take out of the equity in our home to start Grace Cloud wow. Construction. Yeah. So it was really just such a thing that God was so in front of us yeah. to know what we were going to need. And thankfully, we heard his voice and, you know, walked there. Yeah. So... What would you say to someone who is facing a big decision, um, life decision like that right now, who's afraid to step out or is not really sure if they're hearing from the Lord or if they're just trying to follow their own desires and they don't, they're confused? What would you speak into that? I think the most uh, clear way that you know that it's God's, it's something that you would never want to do and no man would tell you to do. Yeah. 
And so it's so it's so different, but it's so peaceful Mm -hmm. that you know that it has to be the Lord. But you and you would never go there, you know, apart from him. Another thing that happened to us later on in the in the adventure is uh, the economy was getting close to crashing and it was before it crashed. And one one day I spent time with the Lord and I felt like he was telling me to take all our money of our out of our retirement. Mm -hmm which that is totally not the American dream plan. Yeah, right. And so that was one of those moments that kind of reflect back to your question of, well, do I, this can't be my thought because I don't think like this. That's good. And this is not what um, the American culture has taught me. Mm -hmm. So I really think this is the Lord. So when Jason walked in from work that day, he said, oh, by the way, take all our money out of our um, investment account because the Lord told me that today. Wow. I was, I was like, what? And <laughs> so like, I called, well, <laughs> you know, straight away, I called our financial um, guy because I knew this is crazy. Like God told both of us the same day and the economy actually crashed that week. Wow. Um, and so I called him back to see if our money was on the way. And he said, yeah, how did you know? And the Lord had told me wow. and my husband on the same day. And he said, nobody knew. That it was going to crash that week, so the amount of penalty that we lost was much less than what it would have people been. lost that That's day. That's incredible, yeah. wow. and that allowed us to sustain Grace Con Construction through yeah. a really stressful time. Because construction, you don't have work whenever the economy crashes, yeah, yeah. except for what you pray in to, mm-hmm. like somebody have a water damage or fire. You don't just have work. People aren't going to renovate their house. No, in that kind of no, for sure not economy. Um, so, talk a little bit about Grace Klein. What is it? Where did you come up with the name? All that. Okay, so Grace Clung Instruction means little gift from God. And we just really feel that if we can share little gifts from God with people, by just at first we were just doing construction. So just by doing a really good job and by being different than what the industry kind of is perceived as, Mm -hmm. you know, in the construction industry, you're just going uphill battle because Mm -hmm. people think you're just going to screw me. You know, and so to be able to to um, just be honorable That's good. and do, to do the right thing and just to let your yes be yes and your no be no mm-hmm. and to work unto the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, then they know, oh, wait, if you work for the Lord, then I'm really going to get a good product. Yeah. And so really caring, really making right anything that you can if you're mistakes, if you make mistakes and That's just good. owning that. And so that means, so that little gift from God allows people to ask like, why do you do this? And then yeah. you can share about Jesus and wow. the hope of the gospel. So originally we were just using construction as an avenue to share mm-hmm. Christ and just to be missionaries through the construction industry mm-hmm. with the point being of putting our staff first and really investing in them because if our staff is taken care of, then they'll take care of our customers. Yeah. And really just thinking about how can we share and bring them to know Jesus and having mm-hmm. a saving faith in Jesus. That's and good. part of things that we did was take them on mission trips outside the country. Yeah, that's and cool. And so that was really fun because that's taking them outside this context and away from maybe their, their home stressors. And a lot of our guys did meet the Lord mm-hmm. in that context. Wow, that's so cool. So that was amazing. Um, then um, what happened, uh, we, we built a home in Historic Forest Park. Mm-hmm. And the economy crashed, uh, and we were stuck with this half-a-million-dollar house. Mm-hmm. And so we moved to that house and um, rented our home in Hoover. And due to that, our child, was, our oldest child was zoned for the inner-city school. So then we had to face that decision, are we going to put her in inner-city school? And mm-hmm. we did. Mm-hmm. And that was a really amazing, incredible experience. Yeah. And through that, ultimately, we understood the needs of our city, Wow, um, that's well, incredible. Yeah, it was 
the the main weekend that really just opened our eyes to it was we went to a birthday party in Heatherwood, which is kind of a suburbia of Birmingham. And then my daughter wanted to go to a birthday party for one of the girls in her class. So we thought, well, if we're going to this school, we need to go. So when we went, we just discovered that they lived behind these abandoned projects, except they wow. weren't abandoned and people were squatting in them. And wow. this little boy came up with a gun on his back that he had made. And he was telling my husband, oh, yeah, I had to make it. Everybody has to have a gun. He was maybe eight. Oh and goodness. so we're trying to like hold it together and then of we course. go in their house and they don't really have much furniture they have just beds on like mattresses on the floor mm. and then we realize oh wait they just grilled out like probably all their food stamp money wow for the month to do this nice birthday and wow. what are we doing and yeah. here is like the sin of omission mm -hmm. that James talks about if you know the good you ought to do and don't do it then wow. it's sin for you and all of a sudden, we're looking at this so good. and trying not to bust out crying at this of kid's course. party. Yeah. And that was crazy. Then we left and just started praying about what do we do? Mm -hmm. And I talked to several friends, and within 24 hours, three of my friends called me and told me the exact same idea of the idea that God gave me mm -hmm. of how to feed people in Birmingham. So we started a monthly food ministry. Mm -hmm. The first month, we fed 58 families. And that wow. was 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah, so that was amazing. And just knowing that people could sponsor food boxes and then they could go and deliver food to families in need straight to their homes and build relationships and just use that food box as a segue for sharing the gospel. Yeah. Because the food's going to go bad eventually. Yeah. It's not about the food, but it does meet an immediate need mm -hmm. that helps those families um, be open to to why are you doing this mm -hmm. and then you can share about Jesus yeah so we're going along with that and everybody's like getting involved mm -hmm. and we have this meeting we're probably about delivering about 200 boxes to about 200 different families in Birmingham and these volunteers are telling us well you, we have to start a nonprofit," and we're like no we do construction <laughs> yeah, like, yeah what are you talking about they're like no you have to like people need to be able to give money to to get a tax deduction mm -hmm. all that I'm thinking, I don't know how to run a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And so I call the IRS, and the lady says, Honey, turn in your papers. You're running a nonprofit. I'm like, Wait, the IRS lady just called me Honey. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what papers? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so she told me, like, that the intent of a nonprofit is to work your idea before you submit your application. Whoa, and so we so had already cool. done it. We were already doing and exactly. You had no idea. You were like, <laughs> Yeah. So this is how it works. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's how it kind of happened you know and then that was so that was in 2010 that we received our formal documents from the IRS as a 501c3 nonprofit. wow and so you guys have been going strong ever since then yeah whoa that's so cool what has been your most um favorite characteristic of God throughout this journey of just trusting him he's faithful even when we're faithless because he cannot yeah. disown himself that's good. And it's really true. You know, he says, they say, it says that in the word, you know, and you think, what? But when you're sitting on the front steps and you, you need to pay payroll and you have $200 in your account mm -hmm. and you're praying and you're waiting for this check to come through the mail and you're looking online and it's 25 humans are touching it, mm -hmm. you, you have to trust that, really, God, are you going to let all these humans touch it and it's actually going to show up here? Yeah. And just, you know, the mailman getting there like 10 or 15 minutes before the bank's going to close and 
racing it to the bank and the bank turning it in, you know, tr- even turning in the deposit a few minutes late for us. Yeah. Um, so that we can make payroll. Wow. You know, you know that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I, and that was like the, the big journey for me because I never really lived by faith before. And I remember when we moved into that house in historic forest park, mm-hmm. I was thinking, Oh no, I think God wants me to read George Mueller books. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to read George Mueller. I knew enough about George Mueller. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I went to the library, and they had none of them had been checked out since the 80s, and they were all dusty. I was like, wow. God, this is not funny. <laughs> like, nobody reads these books. You know, and I read these books, and this man, you know, was in England, and God used him to to really care for hundreds and hundreds of orphans. And he trusted wow. God to provide, and he prayed, and God always met the need. And mm-hmm. And I was thinking, no, he chose this. And I was arguing with the Lord, and... I remember I went to lock the front door, and I felt like the Lord just, you know how he's so gentle sometimes with Mm -hmm. you, and I felt him just saying, no, you didn't choose this, but I chose this for you. Wow. I was thinking, okay. And it was so peaceful. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And whenever Jason came home from work, I was told him, like, I think we have to live by faith, (laughs) like George Mueller. (laughs) And, um... And so he was like, well, you know, maybe it won't be, but for a little while. I was like, no, I think it's like, forever now Mm -hmm. this is going to be our life and that was I think for me that was um why you know I feel like that character of his faithfulness is so strong to me because those first like maybe six years of Grace Klein construction I couldn't hardly breathe I mean I had to pray and quote scripture like every minute Mm -hmm. because I kept Mm -hmm. I had so much anxiety because I'm thinking oh my words are we gonna get another job in time are we gonna what's gonna happen I remember when the storms hit I think it was in 2011 it was the night before, you know, that all the storms came yes. through Birmingham. Yes. And we didn't have any work for our guys the next day. And I asked my husband, what are we going to do? He's like, I don't know. God will work it out. And he went to sleep. I'm thinking, what are you going to sleep for? <laughs> and uh, then at 5 o'clock in the morning is when the first storm hit. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, look like God had set it up where we look like the superheroes because yeah. here we are. You got a tree on your house. We can cut it up. We have yeah. a whole staff yeah. to go out there. And we're not pulling people off of our customers' jobs. Um, and it was just that that was quite a journey of just trusting him. Like literally you're gonna we're gonna be down to the last second. We have yeah. no more work left. Yeah. And then that storm then hit. God comes through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think too that what I'm hearing you say a lot is like you at first were a little hesitant to lean in fully and to trust God, but once you journeyed with him long enough, you realized it kind of took the pressure off of you and you were like okay, God, you're coming through. You're not going to leave me. You're not going to abandon me. You really got this, you know, and it's caused you to be able to maybe walk forward in more confidence in your father in heaven, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, it's so amazing when you constantly see miracles and you live in the miracle. Mm -hmm. I mean, always people would always say, oh, I wish I had your life. I'm like, no, like that means you're going to live in a lot of crisis. (laughs) Like you to have miracles, you have to have crisis. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we, we live in the state of crisis, but we live in this place of miracle. Yeah. And so you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard shift. I mean, yeah. I, I remember my when Amelia Grace was going to um, like a daycare, and my, my in-laws were paying for the daycare for us because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford it, but they knew I couldn't like deal with it, her mm-hmm. too, and work. And yeah. um, the, the teacher was like, hey, you can't fold her folder. You're folding her work. I'm like, it doesn't matter. 
And then she's like, well, you need a nicer backpack. I'm like, no, I don't need a nicer backpack. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this is what I have. Mm-hmm. And then, well, you need a lunchbox. Well, th- we don't have a lunchbox because I was just sending like a Rubbermaid square box, mm-hmm. you know. And everything, I wasn't doing it right. And they called me and were like, well, you need to bring a hot, hot dogs in tomorrow or something. I'm like, I don't have hot dogs. Mm-hmm. I can't go buy hot dogs. I don't mm-hmm. have money. Mm-hmm. And it was just frustrating to them. It was that tension of mm-hmm. the culture, like, this is what we do. Yeah. And then me understand, like, that was all happening for a purpose so that later when we, I was going to be serving the poor, I understood wow. their plight. Like, yeah. whenever you only have $50 gift card and you got to get your school supplies, mm-hmm. you don't have enough money yeah. on the gift yeah. card. So you go to the teacher and you tell them, like, this is all I have. Well, yeah. at inner city school, it's like they're chill. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, thank you. That's great. We'll just mm-hmm. spread it along. Mm-hmm. But at a at a regular school in Birmingham, they're, it's different because they're expecting, no, this is what you do. Wow. And so I think it's really fascinating to see how people in poverty have to really be courageous to stand up yeah. and say, I can't do that. Wow. Because otherwise yes. you're act- – we're actually hurting them by pushing them to like yeah. do these things because I would just have had to put this on this credit card yeah. that I don't have money for. That's right. That's I right. I mean, and so I, I'm thankful that God gave me the boldness to say, no, I can't do that. Yeah. But I just, but I grieve for the people that don't mm-hmm. have that courage, you know? For sure. Even yeah. last week, I was so hurt. This was like such a painful thing for me. But at our office, we were coming to, to set up food for this team of volunteers, and I saw this family and I saw in this lady's eyes like they needed this food they didn't have the money to go spend but their team wanted to go and go out to eat and we had made the food so it's sitting out there but mm-hmm. then they have to go to go out to eat and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to rescue them mm-hmm. um, from that situation but her eyes were like no help me wow. and I don't know what she did did she go did she <laughs> tell them I don't have the money did she just put this on a credit card and now mm-hmm. she's in more debt even though they're friends, it's a blind spot that we yeah. do to our friends. Wow. When we ask somebody in poverty to go to coffee with us, we're hurting them. Wow. Because they're making a choice of, oh, I only have an $8 margin mm. in my month. And if I go to coffee with you, then I have four yeah. dollar yeah. margins. So, good. you know, uh, it's just seeing that understanding, like, the plight of the poor and understanding, it, you know, we have a margin where you think, oh, well, they're um, in line in front of me at the grocery store, and they have food stamps, and they're getting steaks. Why are mm-hmm. they doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's like their only indulgence. Yeah. yeah. Like, why do we care if they get steaks? We yeah. eat steaks. That's you good. know, and so it's really, good. It's, it's really painful to, like, ha- see it, but I think God allowed us to live in that path because then we could really understand. And when mm-hmm. somebody comes to our office and says, well, I have to have meat, I can literally look them in the face and go, no, you don't. My kids ate butter beans for a year, yeah. every meal. Like, yeah. you're fine yeah. without meat, and mm-hmm. they will live. Mm-hmm. But that's our culture mm-hmm. that tells you you have to have meat. You don't have to have meat. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's so, good. It's really good. It helped you step outside your own world and realize that there was far more beyond your world than what you had seen before. Right. And it, and it gave you a heart like Jesus, you know. Jesus always cared for the poor. He always did the extra step. He always was concerned with the poor. In fact, that's something that um, David and my dad really cared about a lot about. And so as I'm sitting here listening to your story and all the places God has taken you, it's just reminding me of that. And it is, it matters. It's important. And so, so I'm so glad that tonight we're able to even shed light on 
that importance of people in poverty. You know, they matter to Jesus, and so they should matter to us. It's really good. Um, what's been your favorite part about ministry? Just seeing God just do things that blow people's mind. Yeah. You know, people panicking. He's not going to come through. He's not going to come through. And he does it in a way that they could have never made it happen. No human could have done good. it. Yeah. And then yeah. they just know that God gets the glory, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that he did it. Yeah. And it just seeing people's faith come alive yeah. and realizing, oh, my word, he's real. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this yes. is not some religious experience. That's right. That's but right. But he wants to have a relationship with me. Mm, that's good. That's really I good. I think that's so beautiful. And being able to see somebody that maybe have received food and was a food recipient that now delivers food boxes to some of the poorest people in our city. So good. And to know that they have nothing. Literally, this guy was paying people to give him rides to go deliver food because he knew the importance of it because he needed it. Mm -hmm. And just being able to see that's an act of service that, that people are learning. Wait, I don't want to just receive. I want to give. Yeah. That's so, and I think that's a beautiful thing too, of like all all of our volunteers, you can't really, it's all admit. You can't really decipher who's, who's what, Yeah. because our goal is for every person that receives to also be a volunteer. And so then you all are, you all have something to give. You all need to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and teaching people in like a higher upper class, socioeconomic class, you know, to be able to take yeah. is amazing too. Wow. Yeah. Of come to the give and take room and, and you trade your shirt and yeah. you don't spend the money on the shirt. And that's a hard shift for somebody in their brain. But if, mm. if they don't, aren't willing to receive, then, then how do you deci- how do you stop the, this mentality of a moocher? Versus like the savior. That is like so Jesus good. is the savior. Yeah, come on, not That's really us. good. It's you know? really good. That's actually a lesson I'm still trying to learn in my own life of being able to receive graciously instead of you know just always feeling the need to give, give, give. You know, yeah. I think it goes both ways. That's so good. What do you wish people knew about Grace Klein? Oh man. I think that it's a place where you can have a meaningful relationship mm-hmm. and you can bring your gifts to mm-hmm. the table and, and they're wanted. Mm-hmm. And so if you're an artist, yeah, do something cool, you mm-hmm. know, with your creativity. Mm-hmm. And if you know how to preserve food, then teach everybody. Yeah. And if you if you like to fold clothes, then go after it. Wow. If you're good at cleaning the toilet, hey, it matters. Mm-hmm. I think that's so meaningful because people, so many people have told me over the years, well, I never made it through the training classes at my mm-hmm. church, so I never served. And wow. that's not what the institutional church meant to do. Right. They were trying to equip them. They weren't trying to, you know, diminish them or delay them mm-hmm. in their in their uh, service to the yeah. Lord. Because we're all full of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that follow, the, those that follow Jesus. And so we are equipped. We are fully, yeah. Yeah. we got all the power and all the mm-hmm. the ability um, to do even more than what Jesus did. That's what he, it says, so let's go for this. And I think that's what's so beautiful is seeing people bring their ideas and their gifts, creating amazing flower bouquets they take everywhere. Yeah. You know, doing these creative things mm-hmm. that you just think, oh, my word, how did you think of that? Yeah, that's it's so, so inspiring. Yeah. That's really good, really good. So I really want to talk for a minute about the poor and your experiences with them to really um, 
to really capture what that looks like for them, like in every every day, what does that look like for someone who's in poverty that obviously no person wants to be in poverty? And what does that look like? Well, I think first we just need to remember not to demean anyone or assume yeah. that we're in poverty. Po- poverty is relative. Yeah. So we're always comparing it to what we th- have or what the mm. next person has. So That's we can good. say, oh, you're poor because you don't have as much as me. Mm. But think about the world. Most people live on less than $3 a day. Yeah. So w- none of us in America are poor mm-hmm. if we, we use mm-hmm. that relative yeah. interpretation. But I, one thing that I really learned when my child was in kindergarten, one day I was talking to a friend's mom, and we, we always walked to school because we only had one car at the mm-hmm. time. And they were sitting on the little curb thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I looked down, and one of them has a juice box, and one of them has a pear, and they're trading that back and forth. And they're taking a bite of the pear, pass Aww. it to the next person. They're taking a bite of the pear, taking a sip of the juice box, taking a sip of the juice box. And I had so many emotions in this moment. She's still sure. talking to me, and she's trying to explain to me about how does she get her GED. And she mm-hmm. could have been my kid. Mm-hmm. She's a young mom. So I'm trying to focus, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, whoa, my friends aren't going to think this is cool that mm. they're sharing a pair right now. Mm. This is a lot of germs yeah. and juice box. And then I thought, no, this is the purest thing that I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's good. Because this is so much community. This is what Jesus prayed for. Jesus prayed that we would be one as he was one with the Father. And in this moment, it's like the purest little kid picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my (laughs) word, you know. Like they're not thinking about the germs. They're just thinking about their brother or their sister that they're sitting next to. And what the other person needs. And they just need an afternoon snack. Mm -hmm. And that's all they have is a juice box and a pear. So together, they're going to have their snack. Yeah, that's good. And so that's that's beautiful. And that's what that's what um, people in poverty do. They're like this picture of like how they care for each other. They live in a village mentality. They they share everything that they have with each other and the 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 purest people in poverty, you know, Mm -hmm. that aren't looking to hoard, that aren't looking to like, whoa, whoa, I got to get for myself. I'm a a fighter. But the purest um, form of poverty Mm -hmm. is they just living in community with each other and they're experiencing this authentic who Jesus was. Yeah, yeah. And I remember this guy, I had met him at that birthday party I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier and he was a father there and he, he was gone for a while. Mm-hmm. So one day he pulled up and I was like, where were you? And he's like, oh, I went to jail. I was like, why? He's like, because I ran a stop sign. I didn't have the money to pay my ticket. Oh, man. I'm like, why didn't you say something? Yeah. He's like, what was I, what was I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we could have helped you. He's yeah. like, what do you mean? Wow. And because in that moment, I, I saw him as a, a person that I could have helped, you yes. know, like, but he didn't know to ask me because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you don't have money either. None of us have money. Wow. And so I didn't know what to do. And that 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 was a, such a pure picture because when he was in jail is when we started our food ministry, mm-hmm. and the day that he got out is the day that they delivered the first food box to his family. Wow! And his he couldn't get up with his wife, and so she so was cool. driving down the road by the police place, and he was walking home, and she saw him. When he got in the car, she said, "Wait, how did you do that? How did you arrange the food?" Mm. And she, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, we had nothing. How did you arrange the food? Wow. 
and Grace Klein volunteered to take in that food. And it was just this beautiful picture of Jesus. Like he meets our needs and they were so thankful. Yes. And it was just so incredible to think this is what, what, uh, um, we can learn Mm -hmm. from the poor, you know, Mm -hmm. the poor are actually sometimes the richer than, than other people. Cause, and there's, I'd like to share about the fact that um, there's all different types of poverty. Mm-hmm. And so Grace Klein Community is trying to combat all different types of poverty, mm-hmm. you know, relational poverty, um, poverty of community, poverty of being, mm-hmm. where you have the worst self-esteem in the world, mm-hmm. um, poverty of, you know, f- you have financial poverty, you have poverty of health. Mm-hmm. You have all these different poverties. And so, um, you know, we have to consider that and think, no, how can we minister to someone else's poverty and realize, wait, I'm poor too. Everybody's poor. That's good. Instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to help the poor. Oh, wow. Because actually um, the person that's in a financial poverty might help you in spiritual poverty because they may have a faith that's so deep because Mm -hmm. they know that they know that they know that God's going to come through. That's good. When you don't know that because you've been paying your bills. Mm. You say you trust God, but you got money in your checking account. Yeah. So you're not worried about it, Man, you know. That's so good. And so they they're gonna maybe minister to you in that way. Mm. And I think that's when you start to really live authentic community, and that's what we're seeking to provide in the city to allow people to find a connection where they have something to give and they also have need, but everybody's admitting that. I love that. I think so. that is such a beautiful picture. But we uh, got to admit it. We got to be real. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It is. I mean, whenever we were living in that half a million dollar house and we get called from a friend and say, hey, will you go take a box of food over to the projects? Because this family that we know over there that lives by y'all is out of food. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't know that if I took them my food, we were out of food. Yeah. So Jason and I were looked at each other like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Do we take them the food? And and so I'm talking to her on the phone. I'm looking at him. And then I said, OK, well, do they care that it's partially eaten? Mm-hmm. She's like, no. So we literally take them all of our food and think, okay, God, what are you going to do? We leave our food there. And this girl calls me, and it was a Saturday night, and she said, are you going to be at church tomorrow? And I said, yeah. She said, well, I'm just going to bring you a box of food. Wow. (laughs) I was like, of course you are. (laughs) Wow, God, that's so cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's really good. Let's talk about it for a minute, about what ministry plus family looks like, like your actual family, your husband, your children. How have they played a part in ministry? And is this really a family effort? You guys right. all are involved. Right. My, my children love Jesus. They have a very intimate personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I do think that it contributes by living a lifestyle of faith. I mean, yes. we've been doing this since they were little kids. So mm-hmm. they prayed for the jobs to come into Grace Construction yeah. for us to meet payroll or whatever. They mm-hmm. prayed for us to have food. You know, I remember one time they wanted popcorn so bad. And they said, mm-hmm. Mom, we really want popcorn. We were going to church. It was a Wednesday night. And I, that morning I said, well, let's pray. And if God wants us to have popcorn, he'll give us popcorn. Yeah. You know, and we prayed for popcorn. They were little. And whenever I picked them up from their Wednesday night class, my kids were running down the hall waving bags of popcorn. I'm like, are you kidding, God? Aww. And everybody else is just like throwing their popcorn. They don't care. And my kids are experiencing this first yes. time moment of Jesus has answered my prayer. Yes. yes. And I don't, I, they never gave popcorn on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. They just gave it that night so that my kids' faith would grow. Wow. And it's been really cool to, to see them just being in hard places. Um, 
one time we were visiting somebody at the hospital at UAB and one of their friends picked up a dirty syringe and we were like, put it down, put it down. And thankfully they didn't puncture themselves with the needle, but that's kind of how we got introduced to drug paraphernalia. We yeah. had to go pull it up on our TV and say like, we're going to see this stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah. let me tell you what so this you is <laughs> and bury it with your feet. Yes. Do not pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, our kids do have, you know, do um, have exposure to things that a typical kid might not have exposure mm-hmm. to. We've had a woman, you know, come detoxing off of alcohol on our couch or mm-hmm. they've been around um, people in really difficult situations and they've seen people die. I mean, one of time we picked up somebody that was overdosing, the, the guy like fell out in Denver's lap and he's begging God to save the guy's life Wow! while we're trying to take him to the hospital. So, you know, they, they've lived it. And mm-hmm. I think that's been beautiful. We also are have seven global partners mm-hmm. with Graceline Community. So my kids have been able to travel to other countries and um, go to Belize and South Africa wow, and Zambia. So cool. And it's been really, I think the, the their relationship with the Zambian kids are so special because it's a children's home that we partner with there. And they've grown up with those kids. And the children's home allowed them to live in the children's home. Mm-hmm. When my husband and them went one time, and so they were able to live with the kids, like wow. live the experience, walk two and a half miles to go to art class, walk mm-hmm. back two and a half miles, and just really understand what it's like. And they just see those kids as, as complete peers. They do not see them as orphans. Yeah. Well, because you've raised them in this. Would you say that the kids there and the kids here back at home who are living in poverty, living in our backyard, you know, in, our, in these neighborhoods all around us, would you say their experiences and their um, similarities are really close to each other? Um, well, I think that the kids in America have it harder because we have all the technology and the toys that other kids have that they have to see that maybe they don't have. Yeah. And where in, in Africa, everybody's running around outside doing flips on, off of bricks and, wow. you know, playing in the dirt and and being creative. I mean, my son built them like a swing to play and they're all making their own balls and stuff. Mm. So they, it's different because they all have that commonality where I think it's harder for kids if they live in poverty and then they have friends at school that have a lot of resource. I mean, for my kids, it's, it's hard sometimes because their friends will ask them to do stuff that we can't afford. Yeah. And they can feel like, oh, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. we don't we can't do that. But then they also delight in the fact that, oh, when they go to friend's house, there's so much stuff that yeah. they don't have. <laughs> so they have fun, you know. Yes. But wow. it's just perspective, too. And and realize my my kid, my ch- my children came to me one day and said, you know, the American dream is a sham. What we live is real. Mm-hmm. And this is really actually wow. the American dream that everybody should want. Mm-hmm. but you know people don't realize it because when you're living an adventure with Jesus every day is so different yeah. and so for my kids it's like this explosion of adventure mm-hmm. that you don't have if you are a normal if you're walking in normal stability because the yeah. more that you make everything so repetitive and in mm-hmm. a box and you do the exact same thing every day yeah. you kind of take control of everything mm-hmm. and then it becomes like your gig and you're not really open to the interruption but Jesus is usually where the interruption is so true it's good so helping to helping to figure out that place wherever you are of like how can i take the interruption because the more stable i get 
the more actually I could veer away from my intimate relationship with God. Because we really want to have good. adventure, right? Yeah. But we're scared Yeah. to say yes. So if mm-hmm. we open up our house to somebody that somebody lives with us, they could end up living with, I mean, we opened our house to this girl for two years. I mean, for two months, she lived with us for five and a half years mm-hmm. because we just said yes to two months. Yeah. So you kind of, so people get scared and think, I don't want to do that because what if that happened to me? Mm-hmm. But it's such a meaningful thing Yeah. because it, it ends. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you have this opportunity to invest. Your kids have this opportunity to have other people invest in them and be mm-hmm. invested mm-hmm. in and we have a, a girl that used to come in my room all the time, like 11 o'clock at night, and eat mac and cheese and talk to me. And I'm laying in bed, like, trying to pray to stay awake, you know. And <laughs> But now she's gone. And I would love for one more night yeah. of yeah. a mac and cheese talk, you know. But also, how in the world did that impact her life for you to just say yes to what the Lord was calling you to do? It's like a lot of times we're just so afraid of this or that, but... You know, I think it's back to what we were talking about earlier about how, you know, that first six years was really hard. But then after that, you sort of came to a place where you're like, okay, God, you really are faithful. You really are going to do what you say you're going to do and you're not going to abandon me. And so it's like saying yes to Jesus and really leaning into that. I think it ultimately has to do with our what we believe about God and his character. Do we believe he's faithful? Do we believe that he is who he says he is? And I think hard time, hardship definitely is what sends us down that path to really discover what we believe about God. And so what would you say to that person who maybe, you know, lives in a, a community like your kids um, went to school in and, you know, they're doing okay, but they're, the kids that they're, you know, their kid is going to school with is are lacking in certain areas. Like how would you say to them to give into that situation well it's really important for our kids to have friends that are in different socioeconomic classes than them and if they don't then the world's become too small for them yeah and we really need to help our kids have a bigger worldview Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really fun to put if you have extra ability to do snacks or just those expensive like uh snacks that Mm -hmm. A, a person can't afford like I don't know roll ups or yeah. um, those things where you dip the cheese mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. Um, those type of things where a mom you could put extra and they can trade yeah. um, with their friend. My kids said they traded, they always traded their fruit for everything junk that we couldn't <laughs> afford. But <laughs> they're like, yeah. way to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing is just being aware of the other children. Mm-hmm. And I remember this kid went. When Denver was in kindergarten, and he hated this kid. He was so bad, but the kid always wanted to die. And, and we, we've come to find out that the kid, his dad was nowhere to be found. He just left in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. And we ended up watching this movie about this these kids that were growing. Well, we did this at home to, like, help him understand how to love this kid. But we watched this movie mm-hmm. about these kids that grew up, and they were little, and they were friends, but when they – got to high school then they one of them weren't cool anymore and Mm -hmm. one of them you know was and the person lost it and there was like a school shooting and stuff like that so because he didn't he didn't have that care Mm -hmm. over um his friend and so whenever Denver watched that he's like oh man I gotta go love this kid this is probably how he feels he thinks we're leaving him out because he is annoying to us because he acts out. He's wow. mi- he misbehaves, so we don't want to be his friend because we don't want to get in trouble. 
But then we're missing out so on bad. on um, him knowing that he's loved and valued. And he's like, I don't want him to grow up to be wow. that kid that loses his mind at the school yeah. when he's in high school yeah. because he thinks nobody cares about him. Wow, that's so So good. we need to care about him now. How and old was he when he was five? Whoa! But we but we were having these these hard discussions with him because we were we had a lot of people living mm-hmm. with us and in our world that he needed they, to he, know. he needed to be exposed that yeah. people do do crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But it can be prevent love can prevent a lot of things mm-hmm. if we start with loving now. Yeah, that's then really whenever good. he's fifteen, he realizes, wait, I remember this kid loved me, mm-hmm. so I yeah. do have value. Yes, and yes. we're and speaking into that. Um, I also just encouraging the not to waste. Mm-hmm. When you go and uh, somebody that doesn't have money, they don't waste what they have mm-hmm. because that's all they got. Mm-hmm. And so whenever a child goes to a party and they open a bag of chips and they're like, oh, I don't want it, and they just throw it in the trash, mm-hmm. that's devastating. Yeah. I mean, to somebody that they've sacrificed to mm-hmm. buy that food for you as a snack. Yes. So yes. being able to teach um, your kid, wait, if somebody gives you something, mm-hmm. you just you delight in that. Mm-hmm. Even in, like in America, it seems like it doesn't matter if you don't run it. Where if you went to another country, you would think, oh, if they serve me mm-hmm. whatever unusual food, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat it out of respect. Mm-hmm. But we need to do that also in, really in America. I remember one time we had this... Um, People wanted to use our house for a prayer gathering, and it was people that had a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. I had made this cabbage and carrot soup, and that's what I had. Mm-hmm. And they came in and were like, oh, my kids won't eat that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, shutting down because mm-hmm. then they're saying, I'm not eating that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I made. That's what I had. Yeah. And this is how somebody in, in financial poverty would feel in wow. that moment. If you're mm-hmm. like, I'm not eating. Then they start digging through my fridge and some of my food was expired, but it was fine. Like mm-hmm. I had it frozen, had it frozen and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But they're looking at the dates, and they're just throwing away my food. And I'm like, can y'all please stop throwing away my food? You don't have to eat anything here, but, like, we need food. Yeah, yeah. And please stop. Mm-hmm. And I was really shut down, and I started putting the bowls back in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can we just pray? Mm-hmm. And we're sitting here going to pray about how to impact our city, and mm-hmm. I— Mm-hmm. You won't even eat the soup. Yeah. So I don't know wow. what we're going to do, mm. you know. And it was so devastating to me as a mom mm-hmm. to, to, to feel that. Mm-hmm. And, and But it, I think God wanted me to feel that for the people out there that they invite, they sacrifice, and they give you something. Mm-hmm. That's their best. Yes. And so you don't just say, I don't like that. Yeah. And don't make assumptions about where someone is because you really don't know. Like you said earlier, it goes back to the conversation we had earlier and you were talking about how you know if you ask someone to go to coffee and they may only have an eight dollar margin you know it's like you just don't know don't make assumptions about where people are at you know and you're putting them in an awkward spot because either they have to have the courage to tell you they've got to go to lunch with Mm -hmm. you and just drink water Mm -hmm. and that's cool I've done done that a million times Uh but you got to have enough courage to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And most people And that's won't. not easy. No. That's not easy at all. Most people will put that on the credit card and pay for it mm. for a long time. And oh, wow. you just really hurt your friend. You didn't love them. Yeah. And you didn't even know it. Mm. It's like a, a blind spot yeah. that we have um, in our culture because you just think, oh, that's what we do. Like, no, you. if somebody is struggling in poverty, you invite them to your house. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. go to the park. Mm-hmm. You take them a picnic. Mm-hmm. You do not you know, put them in that spot. That's really good. Unless you're treating them because it's so awkward um, to do. And I I think for also for kids, just helping them to see like if somebody has um, older clothes or they have holes or their pants are short or 
it's not necessarily, you know, don't make fun of that. Mm -hmm. That might be the best thing that they have. Mm -hmm. If they don't have a coat, you know, mm -hmm. take your extra coat and leave it on their chair. Yeah. And you don't have to let them know you gave it to them. But if you're mm -hmm. like, oh, mom, there's this kid at my class, and I think they're about the same size as me, and mm -hmm. they don't have a coat, mm -hmm. go get them a coat and leave it. Yes. And, I yes. mean, it's not a big deal. That's and good. if you have the resource to do it, mm -hmm. and that's going to be something so meaningful to that mom, that mom won't know. I mean, and not to have to feel obligated to owe you. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that's so good about Grace Klein Community is when we help families. Like if you called me and said, hey, my friend just lost her job, you know, her husband died like a month ago mm -hmm. and she has nothing and she's going to lose her house if we don't help pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Then we have this thing called an assistance program where you can um, ask, you could email everybody that's your friend and say, hey, give to Grace Klein Community and they're going to pay Sally's bills mm -hmm. with this money that we give. We'll all get a tax deduction and then she, her bills will be paid. Yeah. But she will never know who gave. Yeah. So she will never feel obligated to any yeah. of us. That's good. That's and it's really so good. amazing. Mm -hmm. We had a mom who had been without power for about a month because she didn't have the courage to tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And literally in 24 hours, 17 or 19 people gave to this need. Wow. Most of them didn't even know her. And it was turned back on. Wow. And she doesn't ever have to look them in the eye and think, oh, they gave $200 to my power bill. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And that's really dignifying to that person. Yes, yes. Treating so, them like they're a human being. Yeah. That, you know, your status doesn't make you human. You being human makes you human, you know. And that we all want to be seen and loved and cared for. And we want to reciprocate that love, you know. Oh, yeah, and I was going to – I remember the Candyland story. I was going to tell you this. <laughs> um, so uh, let your kids do things that you don't want them to do mm -hmm. if it's not against God. Um, for example, one day Emily Grace came home and said, there's 18 kids in my class. I want to give them all a gift for Christmas. Mm -hmm. She starts going through the house, getting all her toys, and she's going to take them <laughs> to school because they all need gifts. Because yes. she can tell that they don't have a lot, and she mm -hmm. wants to bless them. And she's making Denver give up Nerf guns and <laughs> saber lights and everything. They're like too. little kids. Yeah, he's like in it whether he wants yeah. to or not. And um, Very sibling thing to do. Yes. And so that we have this brand new Candyland that mm -hmm. she had just gotten. She said, can I take this? They don't have a game, Mom. I know they don't. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, don't take your new Candyland. Because for me, I was thinking, I want you to have the Candyland. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Mom, please let me give them the Candyland. And I didn't. And then... We got together with my parents for Christmas. And what's the first gift she opens? Oh. A brand new Candyland. And God had wanted her to obey yes. him and give her best. Mm -hmm. And I stopped her from giving That's her good. best because yeah. I'm thinking, no, I, you want your Candyland. Wow. Or, or maybe I sacrificed to buy the Candyland, but who cares? If God was telling my kid to give mm -hmm. up her best mm -hmm. and I blocked that, yeah. I mean, I was just asking God, please forgive me because it was mm -hmm. so convicting. Yeah. And what we do is at Christmas, whenever they receive toys, they have to give away the amount of gifts that they get. Mm -hmm. So if you get like a shirt, you have to give away a shirt. Mm -hmm. Get a pair of shoes. You got to give away a pair mm -hmm. of shoes. So everything you got to do that for. And you got to save gifts for birthdays. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I'm going to go to some birthday parties this year. But when we run out of these gifts, you don't get to go to birthday parties anymore because yeah. it's done. 
So you have to save, like, what gifts do you want to give to your friends? So sometimes they pick, like, the gift that I'm thinking, oh, this is the best gift we got them, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, that's going to be so perfect, you know, for my, this guy's <laughs> birthday. I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know, but, but that's, what, that's teaching them to hold loosely to, right. to their stuff. You Which know? is just an invaluable gift that you're giving them as parents, just teaching them that at an early age. And even how good is it of God to allow you to see the candy land? You know what I mean? Like he didn't just, he showed you even in that, like God, he's faithful. I'm I had good. the candy land. I have it yeah. already. It was probably yeah. already wrapped. Yeah. And then boom, you know. And so just a reminding, a reminder for you to say like, I am faithful and I'm not going to let your kids go without, you know. And that your kids are so blessed. And even the fact that their heart is to give, just allow them to do it again and again and again. I think that's so good. Because I think in America, we do hold tightly to so many things. And, um, you know, it becomes a source of pride. And then we're not able, like you said, in the very beginning, you know, it's like, you guys would, um, in the beginning of your marriage, would buy gifts to give away, but it was more about what, how it made you feel rather than those gifts. Gifts are in the trash. Doing, what do they know? do for the kingdom? Yes, Nothing. Yes, but just yeah. allowing God to use you and to walk, you know, through life with your hands wide open. I just think that is a treasure from the Father. I really do. And, so. and just lo- teaching your kids that you'll share anything. So if somebody says, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have any food, just start emptying your pantry and give them a box and yeah. like, peace out. Yes. Have a good day. Yes. You know, even if you just suspect it, like mm-hmm. once this, this couple came over the other day and the lady was sick. So I was like, oh, she probably doesn't feel like cooking. Mm-hmm. So I just gave them lots of food. And then mm-hmm. they tell us like two weeks later, oh, yeah, we're still living off that food. We didn't. We needed wow. it. And that was just God because mm-hmm. I just gave it to her because she was sick and mm-hmm. trying to make a mom's mm-hmm. life easy, you know. Yeah. But I think also to remember to let people bless you because I remember at one Christmas, somebody gave our kids bikes. I still Mm -hmm. don't know who it was. Mm -hmm. And they were like in our kitchen on Christmas morning, these brand new bikes. And, um, you know, it was and it was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. My kids were so excited. And, um, you know, it's it's so special to think um, that God you know he gives so sweet Mm -hmm. gifts even just going out to eat instead of just going out to eat I used to feel so guilty like I didn't take my kids to Mm Chick-fil-a so I was thinking I'm just a loser mom you know because everybody goes to (laughs) Chick-fil-a every week and um then I realized that um my kids are actually richer because they Mm -hmm. so delight in Chick-fil-a because when we a friend of ours gives us a gift card so we go once a month for whatever that you know when they Mm -hmm. used to have that gift card yeah and so we would just go once a month. If it's fries, that's what we got. Mm-hmm. If it was a milkshake, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And my kids were like, yeah, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're teenagers. And they're like, yeah, Chick-fil-A. This is amazing. Yeah. And then I'm hearing my friends, like, their kids complain because something didn't come right in their order. And it's wow. like, God's like, no, your kids are rich because mm-hmm. they, like, have this gratitude. Yes. And so instead of just going through the drive through because we want it, then do we need it? Is this, like, a good time? Mm-hmm. Are we going to bless somebody else? Like, what's the reason why we're going out to eat? What's the reason why we're spending money? That's good. Because all of our money is for God. And if we are really wise stewards, then, you know, we we consider everything. We start praying about everything. Mm -hmm. And then you you get to the end of the month and you're thinking, oh, man, this woman's heartbroken. I wish I had money to take her out to lunch, but I don't because I just went through Chick-fil-A four times. Yeah, Because I didn't think about it, you know, and now this Mm -hmm. actually is a need. Mm -hmm. 
that somebody needs to go and have like a private conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that's also like as a mom, just being aware, inviting those kids mm-hmm. to the to the events that are special. Mm-hmm. Like if they're um, not don't like adopt one one little kid that's financially insecure yeah. and take them everywhere. Yeah, They'll yeah. feel like weird, but. You know, if you're like, oh, we're going to the play. Do you want to come to the play? I'll mm-hmm. get your, I got a ticket for you. Mm-hmm. And like, that's so meaningful. Yeah. That's really and they good. appreciate it. You know, cause people take our kids to like a con, a Christian concert or something. Mm-hmm. And that's so, spe- that's so special. They really appreciate it because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not normal. Yeah. That's so you know? good. It's really good. I think that your kids um, are growing up. And they are, you know, uh, that's a very small percentage of kids that are growing up in America like they are. But I think it's such a gift to give them. And you're raising some pretty incredible children to be incredible adults who live for the kingdom of God and live to, you know, love those around them well. And I think that's just, that's priceless. So what would you say to the person who is living a life where all of their needs are met, um, but they're not really actively giving. Um, and they're sort of afraid to go all in with God in that area. What would you say to them? This is kind of a hard scripture, but it's been so transformational for me. Mm-hmm. But it talks about if unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But mm-hmm. if it dies, it produces Many seeds. Whoa. So if we die to ourselves, mm-hmm. then we can produce a fruit that will impact the kingdom of God that's good. for so eternity. Good. Yeah. And so that's that's a hard truth, mm-hmm. but we want to die and be hidden in Christ so yes. that we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. Yes. And the more that we do that, the more delighted we are in the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, that when you start to walk in the light, then that's where the freedom is. And you're yes. like, yeah, this is awesome. Yes, that's good. And you start to see the fruit. You start to see God producing something that would have never happened if you didn't die and surrender and get mm-hmm. behind Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about you anymore. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Nothing's about what do I want. Yeah. It's about what does God have for today? Mm-hmm. You wake up with this expectant like, okay, God, what's today? Yeah. I mean, on my calendar, I try to just write out like, okay, I have these different meetings. Uh-huh. But then I don't look at it. I just try to live in that day. Yeah. So when I get up that morning, it's like, okay, what's today? Let's just live this day, God. And whatever interruptions mm-hmm. you have for this day, whatever amazing thing is going to happen, whatever hard things are going to happen, like I want to be able to produce fruit in this day because yeah. I've died. Jenny is not Jenny is not the hero of this story. Yeah. You know, Jesus That's is the good. hero of the story. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter. You don't really care about the stuff. You don't care mm-hmm. if you have a fuzzy blanket mm-hmm. or if you have new shoes or if your purse matches your outfit yes, or if you wear makeup, you just don't really care. Yes. It, it just goes away. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was funny because I used to love Auburn football. One day we were watching the news and Jason, and I was like, who's that guy? Jason mm-hmm. started laughing at me. He's like, that's the football, the head football coach of Auburn. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> You're like, I haven't watched yeah. in so long. Like God took that mm-hmm. idol away from me without it even hurting like That's I didn't even good. remember yeah like I don't even I didn't even know like mm-hmm. that used to be such a like oh yeah that's so fun let's do that but I can't afford to use four hours of my Saturday to do that anymore that's because so life is too temporary it's too short yeah. Yeah. and it doesn't matter to me anymore but it wasn't like a painful thing it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be this huge mm-hmm. painful sacrifice it's going to make you just grieve and feel yeah. like you know everything just got robbed from you by Jesus 
No, Jesus yeah. gives life. Yes, it yes. Do, you don't. It doesn't feel like that. It's just like, oh, I'm surrendering to this this adventure and this excitement of what mm-hmm. is God going to do today? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be so much better than what I can plan. Yes. That yes. I'm going to love it. And I'm going to yeah. think, oh man, I'm, I didn't even remember that there was a football game mm-hmm. because I was doing this. Yes. Something that was eternal, helping that person yeah. that, you know, yeah. And I think too, like God changes your perspective and uh, the things that used to matter just don't matter anymore because he is renewing you day by day. And, your perspective changes. And if you're walking closely with the Lord, your perspective changes a lot. You know, the things you used to feel or you used to respond in this way a year ago, if you're walking closely with the Father, you don't respond the same way because your perspective's different. And I think that's so good. I think that's important. And you're right. It's not a painful thing. It's really a sweetness and a closeness with Him. And like you said, those four hours could be spent watching football or those four hours could be spent um, doing something that matters for eternity. And that's incredible. Um, So uh, in Birmingham, what's God doing? Where are those things happening, you know, that we talked about that are eternal? Like, what is God doing in Birmingham right now? Well, I think it's really incredible. Um, Just from our office, we're feeding around 10,000 people every month. Oh, girl, that's awesome. Through our food (laughs) rescue and um, food delivery program. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, that is so many relationships Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because people are coming and and collecting the food from our office and they're going and scattering all over our city in five counties Mm -hmm. and they're sharing that food, but they're also sharing the hope of Christ Yes, that, Hey, he's meeting your need. Yes. Yes. This is a real God Mm -hmm, that loves you mm -hmm. and his son died for you. And this is so valuable to your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that God is showing that love does is an action verb. Love so good. does something. We say community is a verb, not a noun. Yeah, It's yeah. not where we live. It's what we do. It's who we are. That's so good. And so, you know, we're seeing that happen. We went to the movies and this fireman's running up going, I'm from Fire Station, whatever. Thank you, Grace Klein. And we're like, who Who are you and what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and somebody takes them food every week from Grace Klein. Mm-hmm. And so he's thinking, I love Grace Klein. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You, mm-hmm. you really, it's Jesus though. I don't know yeah. who you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, that, and that's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. we went into a school and the, they're like, get the principal, get the principal. The angels are here. And she's like running down the hall screaming, mm-hmm. the angels are here. And we've never been to the school. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm looking at her like, what are you talking about? And she's like, <laughs> yo, y'all bring us food every week. And it's changed the morale of our staff. Wow. Well, that's people of Birmingham being a part of Grace Klein community yeah. and taking this food and be in the hands of feet and mm-hmm. to, of Jesus to these schools mm-hmm. and people are adopting schools all over Birmingham and sharing Jesus through salads wow. and apples. You know, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. So you're seeing that God transform. You're seeing businesses get involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been really incredible to me to see the vulnerability and authenticity of business leaders. Mm-hmm. We're having luncheons at our house on the hill and they're coming in and they're, they're sharing what God's teaching them. Mm. They're sharing what's hard about being in business. They're coming asking us for prayer because they need work or they need whatever. That's not how business people act. Mm-hmm. Business people mm-hmm. act like they have it all together. Yeah. And now business leaders in Birmingham are acting like, oh, I don't have it all together. Wow. And that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that means God will really bless them yes. because they're going to start to admit, oh, I need work. Well, if you tell me that you need work, I might have some friend that yeah. I could refer you mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. But if we don't tell each other, then how are you going to help each other? Yes, yes. And so you're good. seeing a lot of that um, 
happening, you know, all over the city where mm-hmm. businesses are connecting on a meaningful way of, mm-hmm. hey, this is not just dog eat dog, mm-hmm. and he- and I just want what I want, but mm-hmm. what can I do for you? Yeah. And also, we're having church leaders literally start crying and apologizing to us because they haven't been serving Birmingham wow. with us. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if the, the church leaders in this city are heartbroken because mm-hmm. their churches have not been serving Birmingham, mm-hmm. then we have huge transformation for our city. Yes. Because that's a huge force of when all the churches unite together mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're going to love our city. How can we come alongside you guys and mm-hmm. love our city? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then something happens. Yeah. And when we have churches calling us and saying, we need to pray for y'all, mm-hmm. we, how can we pray for you? That's amazing. Yeah. So you're just seeing people from every walk of life and mm-hmm. all, I mean, all the different nonprofits in Birmingham also, they're just working together mm-hmm. in this beautiful way. I mean, we help so many nonprofits. They help us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so incredible because everybody has different niches and instead of, thinking oh it's a competition no yes. it's not a competition no. <laughs> we're all trying to serve Birmingham yes, yes. and we're all doing this together mm-hmm. and so when we need volunteers then we can call a recovery place and say hey do y'all need to do some some you know recovery training serving with your students or you know mm-hmm. residents whatever you want to call it then they're there yeah you know helping us and then when brother Brian has overage of green beans mm-hmm. they they're not throwing it away they're sharing with us so good you know when another uh, ministry is feeding the homeless they're coming by our office and picking up food to go feed the homeless wow. so like you're seeing this unified amazing unified mm-hmm. part of the the gospel coming to life it's like this is what Jesus prayed for yes. us and it is happening yes in our That's city so good and when we have, we also have an Acts 432 share group. Mm-hmm. And so it's on Facebook. And when people put needs on there, people immediately meet these needs. Mm-hmm. And it's so incredible because some people, that's just what they do. That's their mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. And to see like, oh, I need a coffee pot. Mm-hmm. Okay, here I have a coffee pot. And then I can challenge you like, okay, next time your coffee pot goes out, you say it on there. Mm-hmm. Don't go to the store. Don't mm-hmm. just be reactive to what our culture says yeah see what community feels like wow. and to to that's share really with each good. other because when we all share what we have we all have what we need yes you know and and the point in corinthians talks about that if they my that my plenty will meet your needs and then in turn your plenty will meet my need mm-hmm. that's how the early church operated so mm-hmm. we're just seeking to emulate the early church yeah and that's what grace Clan community is doing is teaching those concepts in mm-hmm. hopes that we can turn the world upside down. That's what they did. They mm-hmm. turned the world upside down because everything that they did was upside down mm-hmm. to the culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're hoping to do. You know? <laughs> I think that you have started really. I keep hearing um, saying yes, saying yes. It just starts by one person saying yes and choosing to be obedient and inspires that next person to say yes. And look at what God has done in all of this because of someone's willingness to say yes. And I think um, no matter where you're at right now, I just want to speak to the listeners for a minute and say, like, it doesn't matter where how much you think you lack or how much you think you have to give. Like saying yes to whatever God is calling you to do in this season, he will multiply your yes. And he will use it for far greater than what you think he will. And so um, I've loved your story tonight. I've loved just hearing where God is using Grace Klein and um, even just your family in this and how you're raising your children. You've inspired me 
I want to go home and, <laughs> you know, implement some of it. And um, it has just blessed me to hear everything you've had to say tonight. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for being on the podcast and sharing it um, with people who needed to hear this message, including myself. <laughs> thank you for being here. Well, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard so far and would like to support us further, you can do so by sharing this podcast with a friend, subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, or leaving us a review. Again, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.